1: Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, as always online at kdos1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, we're on location. Bob and I are at Putting World, located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. They are now officially open here, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday, Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. I know it's only 10 o'clock, Bob, but I'm already getting really hungry and excited for for bar 19 at noon I have my putter sitting to my right so come on down let's have some fun let's have some putting contests uh, I'm also watching the uh, performance studios in action with the coaches and all of the technology there's a couple of different uh, people getting help with their putting strokes right now uh, they're certainly going through all of the stops to help you uh, get your game on track so visit them at puttingworld.com a couple of other things about putting world as well the world putting is going to be July 1st through 2nd, and there's still time to qualify and join. It's a $30,000 purse with $10,000 to the first place winner. Uh, So if you think that you have what it takes, uh, come on down to Putting World and sign up for the World Putting Tour. In addition to that, Father's Day, there's a Father's Day sale half off the first month's membership. $199 is the normal price point of the standard membership, so you get half off if you sign up for the Father's Day sale. And don't forget about happy hour as well who doesn't love happy hour every day from 3 to 6 p.m uh, we also have a golf theme going on today because it's u.s open week la golf and country club uh, is the host venue we'll head on out to the kdos hotline around eleven fifteen to chat with our guy alex myers from golf digest this event the u.s open it's always historically A major championship where you get a lot of griping from a lot of, yeah, a lot of griping. And uh, so we'll see how this venue is set up. However, it makes it a little bit more challenging to figure out where we go with our winners this week because they have never played this golf course in a U.S. Open. So we'll uh, hopefully Alex Myers uh, can help us out with some boots on the ground and things of that nature to figure out what to do. So we'll do that around 11.15 today. Also, I should point this out, too. Uh, We have Diamondbacks tickets to give away for uh, Sunday's game against the Guardians. You spend the day with Dad at Chase Field. The first 15,000 dads to the Diamondbacks game against the Guardians will receive a Father's Day Hawaiian shirt courtesy of Budweiser. Uh, I'll be calling for winners a little bit later on in the hour. You can also have your chance to win by coming down to Putting World and uh, filling out some information. So multiple different ways to win Diamondbacks tickets for Sunday. But let's get into the show here. Uh, let's kick things off with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Did we witness the start of a Denver Nuggets dynasty on Monday night? Corey, yes or no? What's leading the way? Leading
0: right now is actually a tie split 50 50 on yes and no on KDOS1060.com.
1: Bob, that's your favorite.
0: That's true. Hotly contested.
1: Uh, and you had a conversation with Mo DeKeel kind of breaking down all of this, and we'll get into much more about the core of the nuggets here shortly. Uh, tossing it on over to Twitter at uh, KDUS AM 1060. Should Saquon Barkley in contract protest hold out to start the 2023 regular season? Corey, what are the masses saying?
0: Uh, definitely not a tie this one. No leading 80% of the vote. Yes at 20% on KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter.
1: As typical, we'll answer today's poll questions around 1130. Uh, so let's just go back briefly to Monday night with the Nuggets closing things out against the Heat in Game 5, 94-88 to, to pick up the franchise's first ever NBA title. The Nuggets, impressively, just lost four times in all the playoffs. And impressively, they lost twice to the Suns. Right, uh, the Suns
0: beat them more than anybody. Correct. And Williams Williams got fired because of it.
1: Yeah, doesn't that kind of put things into perspective a little bit? Maybe. Uh, the two-man game with Murray and Jokic was obviously a gem for them. Aaron Gordon was terrific on defense, and his offensive production as well followed suit. Uh, the role players took their turns being really effective. Ultimately, though, I think they were just the best team from start to finish in the West. They stayed healthy, and then they finished it off in the finals.
0: Yeah, they went 16-4 and in the postseason, 10-1 and in the last 11 games. Never faced elimination at any point. In game five, it was kind of a difficult watch. I mean, uh, the Nuggets obviously had foul trouble in the first half. Uh, there was really poor offense from both teams for a large chunk of the game. Uh, you know, the Nuggets missed threes. They missed free throws. Uh, but their tremendous defense, which was something that, I think was the biggest surprise if there was, you know, I don't think too many people picking the Nuggets to win the championship, even after they had such a good regular season. But the fact they didn't win on the road and then they became like, you know, road warriors, so to speak, not to, you know, no no pun intended towards the Warriors because they were anything but road warriors this year. But, you know, they suddenly figured out how to win road games. You know, they had a losing record during the regular season on the road. And then you know, I think it was fitting that you know, well, the, the, the final quarter of the season, they win their championship. They gave up 18 points in that fourth quarter. They held Miami under uh, under 104 of the five games. Those were the four Denver victories, uh, and uh, they, they were you know, they were aggressive on defense. I mean, both teams I think were aggressive on defense, and that they, they had a lot to do with the kind of the. Uh, uh, to put a kindly disjointed offense in game five,
1: yeah, you definitely were right. It was a tough watch uh the foul troubles early on for the nuggets, and then at some point in that fourth quarter, I kind of thought a football game broke out <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true uh it was the, there was definitely a a lot of physicality. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy was loving it because it was like more like basketball from the 90s than it was of the current day NBA.
1: Uh, so let's identify the core for the Nuggets here. You have Jokic. Obviously, he's a multi-time MVP. He won the finals MVP. He's just 28 years old. He's under contract as well through the 2026-2027 season with a player option for 2027 and 2028. Then you have Jamal Murray. He's 26 years old, and he's under contract through through the 2024-2025 season. I'll stop there with just these two here. Jokic, as I mentioned, a uh, finals MVP. He averaged 30.2 points per game, 14 rebounds, 7.2 assists, 1.4 steals. He shot 58.3% from the floor, 42.1% from behind the arc, 83.8% from the foul line, and became the first NBA player in NBA history to record 500 points, 250 rebounds, 150 assists in a single postseason. Uh, So that's a great centerpiece to have. And then for Murray, how many teams would have stuck with him after all of his injuries? So it's really cool for him to have had that opportunity and for it all to come to fruition. 21.4 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, 10 assists in the NBA Finals is what he averaged.
0: Yeah, he was pretty amazing. Uh, And obviously he took over a couple of games and you know the odd thing about another thing, another odd thing about the last game is that after he had the, you know, the ten assists or more, he had some turnovers in that final game. But you know, he did make some plays, obviously down the stretch. And yeah, I think the one thing that we were pretty accurate about this before the series started, I just think that their length and their physicality, uh, predictably, was something that Miami just couldn't deal with. And Yeah, I think that that was the biggest difference in the series. And, you know, Aaron Gordon, I was a little disappointed, you know, when they did the – I usually don't watch these things, quite frankly, but the NBA TV coverage didn't start until after ABC left the air. So I did watch the on-court, you know, stuff, which I usually don't watch. (laughs) But I was disappointed, and I don't know if anybody – I don't know who said – Maybe he should be at fault of this, but I was really disappointed that Aaron Gordon was not interviewed on the podium there by ABC, and you know, Lisa Solders was in charge of that. I'm not sure how all that works, but I mean, he was just sensational throughout the postseason, and uh, I talked about this with De Dekeel, and he Mo, you know, talked about how he changed his game when he went from Orlando to Denver. But his defense in the entire playoffs, whether it was guarding the big guys from uh, Minnesota or obviously Durant or LeBron or uh, Jimmy Butler, this last series, a lot of it, uh, uh, there was nobody that approached the level of defense throughout you know, series to series than Aaron Gordon did.
1: 100%. Uh, he really embraced that defensive role that he was set to play and I, I include him as part of this core group for the Nuggets here. He's just 27 years old. He's under contract through 2024-2025 with a player option for 2025-2026. I also think you have to include Michael Porter Jr. Right. as well in this core. 24 years old. He's under contract through 2025-2026 with a partially guaranteed deal in the 2026-2026 seven seasons we talked a little bit about Michael Porter Jr being a little bit inconsistent with his shot but he's still absolutely 100% part of this
0: core and he had a really good final game i mean i thought he uh, he had eight double-doubles in the playoffs as it turns rebounding out rebounding was key for him correct and he actually had some good assist games which are you know not exactly yeah you know, defense and passing the basketball not exactly things that are usually synonymous with his game but he, at times, did both of those things during the series. Also, I think the guy that kind of got buried in the weeds here to some extent, uh, and I don't think he minds it. Uh, Calvin Booth was their first-year first, general, first year general manager, and uh, he had a lot to do. And, you know, Malone has a lot of input in what they do in the offseason, too. But uh, the fact that you know, Booth brought in, quote unquote, brought in uh, with others in the organization, Bruce Brown and uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And those two guys, you know, Caldwell-Pope has a championship pedigree from his Lakers days. Just two established veteran players that know how to win. And uh, unfortunately, I guess for the Nuggets, uh, you know, Brown's priced himself out of Denver. There's uh, seemingly <laughs> zero chance that he'll return. But Caldwell Pope's under contract for at least one more year. Correct. So, uh, you yeah, know, that's uh, – they all – especially I think we heard more during the series against the Suns and then Lakers because he used to play for them uh, about his leadership and what he – his championship pedigree or however they like to phrase that. Yeah, he was – I think he was kind of forgotten too because he had a couple of, you know, not great finals games. In fact, uh but, yeah, he certainly played good defense. He did make a big three in that final game uh, during the little the fourth quarter rally there and so forth. But, yeah, I think that's a, it, an interesting group of guys that they have. And as you mentioned, contractually, other than Brown, uh, they've got something going. But also I think that Mo Mo De Keel from the Athletic and Bleacher Report mentioned it's going to be really interesting with the new collective bargaining agreement, which kicks in now. Of how even teams that drafted guys and built throughout their, you know, did, did the right thing and some free agent moves and shrewd moves and so forth. Building an NBA team is going to be a little different now because of the contractual changes. That the league is having going forward
1: uh, I want to also touch here on Michael Malone uh, you know yeah. he's given he he was given a very long leash in his tenure in Denver, and maybe other general managers and other organizations wouldn't have done that, but they stuck with him here. so how important though was this for him to get his team to the finals and then ultimately close it out
0: yeah, I think it obviously was he pointed out you know if you watched all the post game, you know he was everywhere as he should be. Uh, after they won whether it be actually on the stage or uh, whether it be uh, with scott van pelt whether it be on nba tv with their cast of uh, you know people that were courtside yeah, i think he mentioned every place that i saw him uh how you know ownership stuck by him and you know he i know at least one time specifically mentioned that yeah you, know, you know he didn't he didn't think there were there would have been many ownership groups or general managers or people in charge of those things That would have stayed with a coach that didn't do X number of things after a couple years.
1: Now, taking a look at the heat side of things here, it just really, truly feels like they maximized everything that they possibly could. So it makes for maybe some questions for them moving forward here. Uh, They obviously almost lost in the play-in round. Then they managed to continue to pull off some massive upsets against some giants like the Bucks and like the the Celtics. And they were doing it shorthanded as well, making it to the end. NBA Finals here. Jimmy Butler, though, he's the cornerstone. He's 33 years old. He's under contract through 2024-2025 with a player option in 2025-2026. Bam Adebayo, uh, 25 years old. He's under contract through 2025 and 2026. Tyler Hero, we obviously didn't get to see him after he broke his hand, but he's under contract at 23 years old uh, through the 2026-2027 season
0: couple things i mean obviously uh, you know they've lost in the finals two of the last four years and they just weren't good enough to win those finals they you know did a lot to get to those uh, spots and you know beating boston and so forth both years to get to the finals amongst other teams in milwaukee uh in both of those years also uh but, you know, there's the Bradley Beal thing out there. There's the Damian Lillard thing out there. I heard Jordan Poole mentioned. that seems to be a big step down to me from Beal and Poole.
1: I've heard DeJounte Murray, too. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Um, and, and the hero could be, you know, they're going to have to trade, you know, because, you know, those guys, a couple of the, you know, actually at least, I don't know what Poole's contract status is off the top of my head, but. Yeah, you know, I know that Lillard and Beal are under contract, so Hero would be a po- possible. You know, kind of. Uh, you know, you have to do these parameters to make a trade in the NBA, salary cap wise, and so forth. He de- he's on the actually just starting next year. Starts a four-year, hundred and twenty million dollar deal that uh, kicks in starting next season. So, if they actually were able to trade for one of those big pieces, you know, specifically. You Lillard or Beal, I think that Hero would have to be involved in a trade.
1: I really liked Bam. I know that they're kind of uh, in this final series. He was getting any shot he wanted, and if you looked at the percentages, maybe they didn't jump off the page as saying, wow, he was lighting it up, but uh, just the hustle, the energy plays, the rebounding, etc. He's a smart player, too. Yeah. I, I was yeah. very impressed with Bam Adebayo, and for him being just 25 years old, he can certainly grow into uh, his game as well.
0: He already has. I mean, I, I was a big fan of his when he was at Kentucky, uh, even then, I would have never imagined at any point of his NBA career that he'd be this good. I just figured he'd be a defensive stopper, rebounder. Like I said, he was a smart player. He was like a smart player when he was a freshman at, at UK. Uh, so he's just uh, – I think the fact that he's an opportunity to even grow in, the, in the, just the, the mental side of things with Eric Spolstra has helped him tremendously. Uh, but I also going to go back to one other th- another thing that Moe Keel said during the sports zone. I think we learned that he's like not the number two player on a championship-level team, and that's why they need to go out and get one of these other guys like a Lillard or a Beal or somebody else.
1: Uh, speaking of Beal, the Washington Wizards and Bradley Beal would work together to find a trade for him if team officials elect to reset the roster in the near future. League sources are telling Sham Sharania.
0: Seems like we've been hearing about this with Bradley Beal for like however long he's been in (laughs) Washington. Every year, whether it's different front office, different coaches, different players, seems like an annual event. We should have like a pool as to what day we're going to hear about Bradley Beal leaving Washington. And he's still been there all these years. Before or after the draft? Um... Maybe I'm probably after. Okay. I mean, it's just the way that things work in the end. NBA, it's usually, you know, the the free agency period doesn't start until after the draft, so uh, you know, I don't think there'd be. I guess maybe a draft day trade, but I don't. We, we have plenty of those, but they usually don't involve veteran players to my recollection.
1: Uh, coming up on the other side of the break, we will get into the Arizona Cardinals mandatory mini camps. Uh, so we'll dive into what head coach Jonathan Gannon had to say yesterday, and of course, everything that's going on with Buddha Baker as well. Uh, but we are broadcasting live from Putting World, located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight, Great food and drinks at Bar 19. Uh, last I checked, today is a Wednesday. It's Wednesday, June 14th, and that means that there's actually half-price wine bottles every Wednesday. Uh, kids 12 and under put free with a paying adult, and as the heat is getting here, Come on inside and enjoy the nice cold air conditioner with this luscious 18-hole putting course. You have to see it for yourself. I have my putter with me, so come on down and let's have some fun at Putting World, located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. It's the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060.
0: Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app.
1: Fit Putting World, located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. Open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. Get help with your putting stroke. Fit into the right putter for you with the performance... Performance Studios, all the technology and coaches, great food and drinks at Bar 19. The upcoming World Putting Tour, July 1st through 2nd. There's still time to qualify and join. $30,000 purse with $10,000 to the first place winner. In addition to that, Putting World is offering up the Father's Day sale which is half off the first month's membership. So head on down here to 16259 North Scottsdale Road. Also check them out online at puttingworld.com. It is the extra point. It is Wednesday It is June 14th. Excited as well about golf because it's U.S. Open week. We'll have Alex Myers joining us around 11.15 to chat all things U.S. Open and figure out what winners we can find for this week. Uh, We'll also take your phone calls today. I forgot to mention that. Around 10.35 or so today, 602-260-1060 is the number, as always, to join. Arizona Cardinals' mandatory minicamp, it's underway Head coach Jonathan Gannon was asked about Buda Baker. Uh, he was at the facility with a smile on his face, according to the head coach.
0: Gannon or Bo- Baker? <laughs>
1: I guess both. <laughs> okay. uh, Baker wasn't on the practice field, though, and Gannon admitted that he's working through some things, quote, business-wise, but that the conversations have been good, dialogue has been good. Gannon went on to say that the Cardinals did have 100% attendance for this mandatory minicamp and that uh, he noted Baker's participation was would be quote day to day what I am seeing this morning Baker was not seen on the practice field so obviously uh he's shown up he said he was going to he told Cam Cox of 12 News that he would uh so he's there but he's not on the practice field and working through the contract situation as he had said he either wanted to be traded or become the highest paid safety so let me ask you uh would you make him the highest paid safety
0: um I would not because I just don't know. You know well, I'll, he, I'll take the Baker side of this first. I know he's been here, you know, since he started his career. And, you know, he, he's got certainly some roots here. And we learned during Hard Knocks that, you know, he's got, you know, you, you know his sister goes to ASU mm-hmm. and so forth now. So there's lots, you know. But other than the football side of things, I mean, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, if I want to win. That's not going to happen here anytime soon. As far as the Cardinals are concerned, I'm not sure if with the new administration and uh, and so forth. As far as you know, I, I, you know Austin Ford and and, and Gannon, I, you know, the face of the franchise is that still Kyler Murray? You know, I watched uh, you know, Kent Summers with you know, Brad Sessmat last night on on Valley Sports Arizona. Uh, talking about that, and you know, Kent was uh, you know, pointed out that you know, but, you know, Murray but yeah, Bury has been in town and he's doing his rehab here and not in Texas. So I guess he's still the face of the franchise, and certainly Gannon has really talked him up uh, about him. You know, you know, being willing to pay attention and learn, etc. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the gist there. So you know, is Baker? Like the next face of the franchise, and you know, so I'm not really sure the the direction of where he wants to go because. Yeah, best case scenario, I can't imagine the Cardinals are going to be a playoff level team for at least the next couple of years.
1: I think that's a good point that if you want to win, uh, that that's probably not going to happen. They're in the rebuilding phase, the, the stripping it all down and starting over
0: phase. So I, I guess Which is the right thing to do for them.
1: Co- correct. Yeah. Uh, I think we're both in agreement and from yeah. day one on that too, right. um, I, I guess the point here for for Buddha Baker or for the Cardinals here is how much time do you think you have to get yourself rebuilt? Would he still be an asset in two, three years from now? Are you willing to pay him, maybe not the highest-paid safety, but to be a quote-unquote leader? How much, how much of those intangibles that we saw during hard knocks equate to giving him a pay increase?
0: The other thing is that you know the safety position. Uh, has not been historically, at least recent years. You know, it's not to the level of you know cornerbacks or pass rushers, or if you're talking offense, left tackles, or obviously the skill position, the so-called skill position players. So it's uh you know just you know look at you know the you know the Adams thing was you know before you the, you know when he got traded from the Jets to the Seahawks and. I think the Seahawks are, you know, I'm guessing, kicking themselves right now. This maybe wasn't our best financial, financial move, or the best move on the playing field, for that matter. And Baker, yeah, he's not the greatest cover guy in the world. I think he's best when he's at the line of scrimmage, uh, not necessarily you know, blitzing the quarterback, which he's actually pretty adept at. and Maybe should have done a little more of that. That might be that was my one of my rare criticisms over the Vance Joseph defensive scheme is that. Maybe he should have been in a blitzing situation more often, but he is tremendous against the run, and he's a really good tackler. Uh, I think that's the best thing that he does as far as even the passing game goes. is not necessarily covering receivers, but tackling receivers, whether it's uh, often not the guy that he's assigned to cover or the zone that he's in, et cetera. So you know, it's, uh, the safety dynamic in itself is just kind of uh, – a an unusual spot for the NFL to pay players right now.
1: Uh, moving down the board of some of my takeaways from things that head coach Jonathan Gannon said yesterday that Kyler Murray was on the practice field watching practice on Tuesday, Gannon has been very hush-hush about a timetable for Murray's return. But to your point, uh, he has been here throughout the entire process. Yeah,
0: I'm guessing the Cardinals, you know, the know. The, 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 fortunately never been through like a physical rehab like you know a surgery type of thing uh, so i'm guessing that they really don't know when he's going to be able to play in like a game and so forth so you know but he the fact that he's actually here doing the rehab and not in texas or wherever which you know there've been there's many players that uh, you know don't hang around the facility in the off season they're going to rehab they've either gone to their you know specific uh, personal you know, surgeon, doctor, etc. You know, there's so many specialists around the country now, and a lot of teams send those players to those specialists. So the fact that he's actually here and paying attention, etc., considering everything that we heard about Murray last year, I think that that's. Uh, a step in the right direction.
1: As someone who has had a couple of different surgeries and had to go go through the rehab process, I kind of understand like both sides of this equation that if, if Murray uh, wants to get the rehab done, he, he likes who he's rehabbing with somewhere else. He wants to do what's best for him to maximize his physical potential to get back on the field. But from the Cardinals standpoint, from the team standpoint, if they can't see him every day and really get their hands on seeing right. how the progress is going, that can be really frustrating. So being someone who didn't have to account for a team, uh, I could make my own decisions about my my rehabbing, but I I get both sides there.
0: Totally understand that from both sides.
1: Uh, The other thing that stood out here, Isaiah Simmons, uh, he said he's been working with the defensive back so far and that he will be with them moving forward. Quote, I'd like to master defensive back first. So it looks like he's with the defensive backs.
0: Okay. Um, So that's what the off season's for also, especially if you have a new you know, you know, head coach, defensive coordinator, defensive scheme, et cetera. Uh, you know, figure out what, uh, when you're especially in a rebuilding stage, like the Cardinals are kind of starting over from scratch, as far as just their, you know, plan of attack from both sides of the ball, I think that uh, this is the time to do it. And they got to figure it out. Obviously they didn't pick up his, uh, fifth year option on his rookie contract, which, uh, you know, to me, it's been a massive disappointment because uh, I can't imagine there's too many people that talked him up more than I did before the draft, even long before the draft, and before we knew exactly where the Cardinals would be even drafting that particular year. to uh, McClemson feared him when he played Ohio State, uh, and unfortunately made a big interception in that game against Ohio State, which, uh, you, know, you know, got uh, Clemson into the championship game where they, you know, got annihilated by by LSU but uh Ohio State would have lost that game too because that was a tremendous LSU team
1: uh Simmons was asked about that contract situation and he said here quote personally I go about every year as a contract year I just couldn't imagine somebody would go out there and not try to have the best season uh Personally, for me though, I, you know, yes, the offseason is he's going to be in a new scheme, a uh, new head coach, a new head coach, new defensive coaches, etc. But I would like to see him kind of focus his area in one, one concentrated position on the field and see if we can start over.
0: I agree with that, but on the other side of it, I'm not. We've seen him. Placed in several different situations and I'm not really sure what he does really well as far as an NFL player at the moment.
1: 602-260-1060. That's the number to join us. Give us a call now. We'll get to you on the other side of the break. We are broadcasting live. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro from Putting World located in Scottsdale 16259 North Scottsdale Road. They're open Sunday through Thursday 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Great food and drinks at Bar 19. It's half price wine bottles every Every Wednesday. Today happens to be a Wednesday. Uh, Come on down. We'll have some lunch. We'll have some putting fun. I got my putter next to me. Maybe I can convince Bob to give putting a whirl. Uh, In addition to that, we also have the opportunity for you to win a four pack of tickets to the Diamondbacks versus Guardians game on Sunday, June 18th, as well as a $50 gift certificate to Putting World. So all you have to do is come on down and fill out the entry forms. Uh, We'll also have a four pack of tickets uh, later on in the show for the diamondbacks and the guardians but the number 602 260 1060 give us a call we'll get to you on the other side of the break it is the extra point here on kdos am 1060 to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Wednesday. It's June 14th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortillaro with you here from Putting World located in Scottsdale 16259 North Scottsdale Road. Open Sunday through Thursday 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday 10 a.m. to midnight. Great food and drinks at Bar 19. Uh, The food will certainly be devoured here as soon as we get off the air. Upcoming the World Putting Tour is July 1st through 2nd. There's still time to qualify and join, so find out how at puttingworld.com. Visit them as well. It's a $30,000 purse with $10,000 to the first place winner. In addition to that, their Father's Day sale is half off the first month's membership. Kids 12 and under putt free with a paying adult no matter when you come. Uh, Get out of the heat and into the nice cold air conditioning. Putting World in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. Let's continue you on with some NFL talk and uh, wild stuff yesterday from Buffalo. You had head coach Sean McDermott telling reporters that he's, quote, very concerned that wide receiver Stephon Diggs was not there. Uh, for mandatory mini camp diggs's agent said that Diggs has been in Buffalo since Monday. He took his physical that he met with the head coach and the general manager, and that uh, he will be there for the entirety of the mini camp reporters that were then uh talking about how uh He was there. He just wasn't on the practice field. Josh Allen had media availability yesterday, and he said here, quote, "Uh, this does not work what we're doing here without him. I've got his back no matter what, and I've got no doubt that we will figure out what's going on. I love him. I can't stress that enough. I think that there are some things that could have gone better last year and didn't. I think as an organization maybe not communicating the right way with everything. Later on in the day, Stephon Diggs took to Instagram here with a message. I just be letting people cap. If them lies help you sleep better, tell them, big dog. In the end, reports Stefan Diggs on the practice field today.
0: Yeah, I saw the Allen, I didn't see the uh, entire press conference with the Allen, but I saw clips of it. That was kind of an awkward situation for him. Yeah, he just signed Diggs, I'm talking about, just signed a contract uh, before, last off season. Yeah. So it's, it's, it doesn't appear to be a contract protest. I remember they lost that game in the playoffs at home, uh, got eliminated by the Bengals, and he was not targeted frequently. Uh, let's put it that way. In fact, hardly targeted at all. And uh, remember after the game, you know, he didn't meet the media after the game. But he was upset about uh, the, presu- the presumption was he was upset about his lack of you know, targets towards him and apparently it seems that seems to be he's still upset about that to some extent cuz you know he just renegotiated got a new contract that you go know, last you know 14 months or so so it's kind of a perplexing.
1: Uh, yes, perplexing to say the least. I have numbers to back up what you're saying there. In 16 games in the regular season for Diggs, 108 catches, 154 targets, 1,429 yards along with 11 touchdowns. In the postseason, two games, 11 catches, 19 targets for just 149 yards. And the last couple of postseasons where it has ended in defeat for the Bills, you've seen Stefan Diggs like sitting uh, watching the other team celebrate, kind of soaking in the moment etc we certainly saw that uh, in this last postseason he certainly seems to take things very hard so I, I guess is he upset with you know Josh Allen not finding him is he upset with the offensive scheme what and especially too for me I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills and I say their window of opportunity is still right now this can't be good if things are not copacetic moving forward
0: yeah, I think even two years ago when they lost to Kansas City, remember that's a that was the Gabe Davis game uh, when they lost. He was you know like the man, and uh, yeah, Gabe Davis because of that game was a fantasy football darling last year, and he was okay, uh, but you know not he wasn't you know he did not uh, you know produce to where he was drafted in the fantasy football world. Uh, based on uh, kind of the, you know, some of the regular season that year, but that one game, so that was two years ago, and then last year, yeah, it's not like the Bengals. The Bengals have good defense, and obviously, as we talked a lot during the season a year ago, that they're schemed up really well. Uh, you know, with you know, Annarumo does a tremendous job, but it's not like they have the shutdown corners. That, you know, Dion Sanders is not you know his heyday is not part of the Bills defense. The Bengals defense. As far as the window of opportunity, though, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's you know, comp- you know, I guess it's still open, but I think that it's closer to being shut than it was at this time last year. They've lost some really key players. Edmonds left on defense. You know, they're, they're really the middle of their defense with the safeties and you know, you know, and also you know, just the inside linebacking play has been tremendous, and they've got to make they've got to uh, they've got some. Decisions to make, and you know they've uh, I, clearly they have uh, the talent level to me on defense and uh, is not where it was a year ago. Plus the offensive line, which I thought, thought was a, a question mark for a lot of last season, I don't think that showed a whole lot of improvement, if any, this offseason So to me, I know everybody's you know declaring the Jets are going to the Super Bowl or whatever because of Aaron Rodgers. They still don't have an offensive line, in my opinion, but. And Miami is the team that I'm actually really intrigued with. You know, you unfortunately, you know, knock on a countertop here. I knock. On, this is actually wood, isn't it? So below. The, no, it's plastic. No, oh, it's plastic. Okay, well, whatever. Knock on plastic here. You, know, you got. If you're on the if you're on the Dolphin side of things, you just gotta hope the two is gonna make it through a season. And it's not just all the concussion thing for me. I think a lot of people, because of the concussion situation last year have forgotten about the multiple different injuries he had when he was in Alabama. Certainly that hip wasn't good. Yeah, when he had the ankle thing in Alabama, and uh, I believe there was like a shoulder thing when he was in Alabama. And it was, you know, he didn't get a hit a whole lot of Alabama either and all that stuff still happened. Uh,
1: you know, I'm listening to you as well talk about the changes on the defensive side of the ball, at least in terms of player wise. Uh, there was another massive change too. Leslie Frazier has decided to step away you know. and Sean McDermott is going to take over. Obviously he's a defensive minded coach, but does it change anything for him coming back to having to call plays uh, in addition to assuming the, you know, down to down decisions are made as a head coach
0: i'm not sure i think that's debatable just because i'm not sure how much of their defensive scheme was based on with mcdermott who was a defensive coach and he got his gig because of what he did as a defensive coordinator at carolina back in the day that's how he got the bills head coaching job that's the biggest reason he got that so i'm not sure how much that was him and you know you have a you know head coach slash defensive coordinator, even though Frazier has a title. So I'm not sure how that was divided up.
1: I will save the other NFL nuggets that I have for the other side of the break. So we'll step aside now as the extra point is coming to you live from Putting World in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. and Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. But right now it's going to be caller number two, 602-260-1060. You win the four pack of tickets to the Diamondbacks versus Guardians on Sunday, June. 18th. Spend the day with Dad at Chase Field. The first 15,000 dads to the Diamondbacks game against the Guardians on June 18th will receive a Father's Day Hawaiian shirt courtesy of Budweiser. You can secure your tickets now by visiting dbacks.com slash dad. The game gets started on Sunday afternoon 1, t- 1 10 p.m. from Chase Field. Caller number 2 602 260 1060. The four pack of tickets to the Diamondbacks versus Guardians game is yours. The extra point. We wrap up hour number one on the other side of the break here on KDOS AM 1060. Coming to you live from Putting World, located in Scottsdale, 16259 North Scottsdale Road, that are open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. Great food and drinks at Bar 19. Uh, get out of the heat this upcoming summer and enjoy some fun and bragging rights amongst your friends and family at Putting World. Check them out at puttingworld.com. It is U.S. Open week coming to you from L.A. Country Club. We'll get into much more detail about the golf course. out who we're going to pick as some winners for this uh, weekend set of action. We'll have Alex Myers of Golf Digest joining us around 11.15 to get that underway. Away from the course, I do just want to mention this here. PGA Tour Commissioner uh, Jay Monahan is recovering from an undisclosed medical situation, and Chief Operating Officer Ron Price and Executive BP Tyler Dennis will take over day-to-day operations. This uh, announcement came last night, which was one week from the day that the bombshell announcement occurred with the pga tour the dp world tour and piff all uh coming together to formulate uh, some form Uh, You know what? I've seen so much. At first, they called it a merger. Then they said, no, 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 this isn't a merger. Like Even the people that originally called it a merger said it's not. So we're all kind of waiting to figure out what's going to happen here in the world of golf. Many players have been asked if Live Golf itself is going to continue on into 2024. Some have said they don't know. Dustin Johnson has said that he is told that it's continuing. So we'll have to just monitor the situation uh, on that standpoint and on that front. But we'll get into the U.S. Open here around eleven fifteen, I wanted to continue though the conversation uh, around the NFL and Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson he's looking for a new deal his rookie contract pays him 2.4 million in 2023 19.7 million in 2024 he did skip voluntary OTAs as his agent was entering into those negotiations Jefferson was asked if he'd be at training camp in July and he said yes he would uh so this is obviously something to monitor for for the Vikings and Justin Jefferson, but just how important he's been to this Vikings offense.
0: Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Bam Adebayo, uh, who I liked in college, but never imagined he'd be this good in the NBA at any point. I actually thought that Jefferson would be this good in the NFL as soon as he started playing. Uh,
1: Yeah, 17 games this past season, 128 catches, 184 targets, 1,809 yards, 8 touchdowns. I have to say, and I don't expect this taking place this year, I took him in a uh, yards total for the season. That has been the easiest thing that ever, I think it cashed in like week 13, week 14. It was unbelievable. In the postseason, 7 catches, 9 targets for 47 yards. The Vikings Vikings, though, uh, don't just have this situation on the offensive side of the ball. They have the defensive side of the ball to worry about with Daniil Hunter. He's entering the final year of his contract, $4.9 million base salary. Hunter did not attend minicamp in 2022, 65 total tackles, 7.5 sacks, one forced fumble. He spent his entire career with the Vikings from 2015 to 2022. If you're reading between the lines of what uh, Kevin O'Connell said, it doesn't look great.
0: Yeah, I understand that. And he's a really good player. I mean, a really good player. Uh and they you know, they've lost some key defensive pieces. We mentioned Patrick Peterson uh going to the Pittsburgh and uh, and so forth, but you know, while they didn't have the greatest defensive numbers, you know, they actually did a pretty good job, you know, holding people in the zone considering how many yards they allowed. Uh they, you know, the bend Don't Break uh, approach there. Uh, But they've also lost, you know, key defenders here. Really, the last couple years. So I think the even you know Detroit's going to be better. God knows what's going on with Green Bay, Um, and the Bears will be better. But I don't think they're going to be like playoff contenders in one year after they pretty much tore it down. They did a lot with the, the, the 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 Cardinals. And the Bears remind me a little bit of each other from, you know, the Cardinals off-season approach last year and the Cardinals this offseason. I think both organizations did the right thing, just kind of starting over from scratch, so to speak.
1: I'm really curious to see because we marveled at all the victories that the Vikings had by, you know, less than one score or, well, less than less than three points i should say one score is obviously one score uh but whether or not there's going to be a regression on that uh next year and how that kind of all unfolds in addition to all of the different pieces that they lost as well uh we have hour number two coming up on the other side of the break live from putting world located in scottsdale 16259 north scottsdale road hour number two of the extra point is next